This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast, the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how entrepreneurs built and grew their digital marketing agency. My name's Tabitha Thomas, your host, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to encourage you to go and hit that subscribe button, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to us at. And while you're there, drop me a little review. I would love to hear what you think about the uh, podcast. So today I have with me Drew James. Drew is the founder and CEO of Relentless Inc. and Defy Products. Relentless is a digital media company that works with international brands like Nike, Oakley, Food for the Hungry, American Red Cross, Make-A-Wish, Fiat, and Awana, Awana, among many others. Relentless also took the Best in Show Addy Awards in 2018 for their work with Massage Envy. Defy Products is a gimbal company providing a better perspective for camera movements. Their products can be found on production sets around the globe. And they work with companies like Apple, Tesla, Red Bull, and dozens of motion pictures. Drew is also an avid gardener, a former national wakeboard champion, my former boss, and his highest title, my brother. <laughs> hey, Drew. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Got to throw gardening wow. in there because I mean, if you yeah, go on your Facebook yeah. feed, that's all you see is pictures it's, of. It's my uh, it's my secret talent that I don't get to get to share a lot of, so it's <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, I think it uh, comes from our childhood, I believe. Yeah, probably so. Hands oh. in the dirt never never goes old. So true, so true. So uh, this is probably going to be one of my favorite podcasts because it you know is a lot of my life because I worked with you and I know your story, but nobody else yeah. really does. So yeah. the first question that I always start every podcast with is how, how anyone become an entrepreneur in the first place? Because a lot of people have this misconception idea that entrepreneurs are just born. They have this gene within them that that's just who they are. And, and I can't be an entrepreneur because I wasn't born with that gene, but that couldn't be further from the truth. So I always ask, what did the path of entrepreneurship look like for you? Like what got you started on that path? Yeah, that's always the... It's always the trick question, right? Because it's, you know, when you, when you look back, you, you, I think I continually ask myself that question, like, how did I get here? What am I doing? Because you're constantly creating and the flood of ideas never gets shut off. So I think you constantly ask yourself that question. And if I had to go back to the past of like, what got me here? I think it's a million little things, but ultimately I think it's the, it's the hunt for scratching itch on an idea and you want to be a problem solver creatively for other people. And I think as an entrepreneur, and I didn't know this at the time or think of it at the time at all, but I think you're always trying to create opportunities for other people. Um, and that's like the, you know, that's the why. You don't always know that. And I think for people that have the itch, they're like, I gotta do something. I gotta be creative. I gotta fulfill this idea or, or, or find this thing that's just keeping me up at night. You know, I think, if you fast forward five years, you, you look back and you're like, you know, it's all about that, that opportunity that you create for so many other people and the value you bring to so many other people and ideas. And, you know, it's, you know, I, looking back, I'd say that's what it, 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 it drove me to do what I do, but you know, there's a million things uh, and the highs and the lows and the chaos and the crazy. And you, you obviously know a lot of that uh, all too well, but yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't pinpoint it to one thing, but um 
that hustle and that drive really never goes away. It, it can shift a lot and it can change a lot. And it does. Uh, we've started multiple companies and businesses and we've sold, we've sold a few in our past and had, had kind of pivoted and changed. And, uh, and that's kind of part of it as well. You just keep rolling with the punches. So yeah, it never changes. It just shifts. That's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you decide to start? Cause you had relentless ink and this was, Oh my gosh, so many years ago. And we started in a teeny tiny little town. There's probably what 20,000 people in Popper bluff. Um, and you were 20, I'm thinking, I'm guessing, I don't remember. You might've been younger I than that. I didn't either. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So what in the world made you be like, yep, I'm going to start my own business. Like I have no idea. Business. That's a ter that's a terrible idea. Who would have, no, I, I, well, okay, so it all started um, when I was going, when I got out of high school, so if you've got listeners that are really young, you know, I think it started realizing we grew up in a small town, and I actually grew up in agriculture and ag technology, which is actually a really cool industry. You just don't think that when you're in it. It's so um, true. The grass you is want, always You want to know something funny? I did a podcast episode like two hours ago, and the mm -hmm. chick was, uh, she, she owns her own marketing firm, and she is amazingly talented in the financial industry. She's got a degree in ag science, like a dirt yeah. management. Yeah. Yeah. It was That's really, awesome. I was like, wait, 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 what'd you just say to me? <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty killer. I mean, it's a pretty killer opportunity to, to grow up in because you, yeah. you really value things that you don't ever get an opportunity to value later in life. And so that foundation is like incredible. That's yeah. also, I like the garden, but I think coming out of high school, I wanted to do everything but that, right? I wanted to find opportunities. And I love, yeah, wakeboarding. You mentioned that earlier, which is funny. I, you know, I talk about a shift and a change. Like, I haven't done that in a long time, but I'd love to. But it's, I think it was just always wanting to, um, you know, to tell stories. And, and for me, it was, you know, it started with video and, and being able to, to, to film wakeboarding. And we did a lot of competitions and announcing. And then I thought, all right, I want to go to film school. But then I'm like, okay, I can't afford film school. So what do I do in the meantime? So I thought, you know, this is part of what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. So I think, well, while I'm waiting, how about I do a video? How about I do two videos? And so that first year I'm going to college, I'm hustling on the side we're creating, I mean, these are things I'm not super proud of. I mean, not that they're bad. They're just whatever you can do, like to they're pay the bills, and to buy a camera, to buy the editing tools, you know, to get, you know, to hustle it up. So yeah, we just started doing it. And by the second year, I was like, hmm, I'm saving enough to get tuition. Why don't I go a third year? And it doubles and triples and quadruples. And you know this, you, you were in the early, early stage of that. And we just kept growing. We opened up another office the next year. We hired four people the next year. We opened up a third office, you know, a few years later. We had, you know, one time collectively between all the businesses, we had 22 employees. I'm not saying I'm proud of that, but because it it got it got gnarly really quick, um, yeah. you know, and it, it, it grew really big. And I, but I'm just giving you the scale of how quickly things things can grow. And looking back, I mean, and it what it really wasn't about my talent or my ability. I think it was just finding the right people and building the right right relationships. And even even uh, even now, that's insanely true because it's that's everything. I mean. You can hustle, you can have the talent, you can have the ability, you can go night and day, but ultimately if you don't have those right relationships to help you move the idea forward, it makes it really challenging. I'm saying it's impossible because you might be living in on a farm in northern I Iowa watching this and 
not have any resources or availability. You can definitely do it solo, but I, I just I just say that it's those relationships are absolutely key into being able to grow. And I think as we grew our business, um, finding passionate people that were really driven about what they did and really cared what they did and really knew that it was going to make a difference and having a vision for for what you want to do, even if it's crazy, even if it's like I don't know how I'm going to do this, but you know, we wanted to, our whole thing in the beginning was we wanted to tell stories that changed people, culture, and industry. And we, we made still people have that say memorized. it. Yeah, yeah, we made people say it, not not to be like cultish, but be like, I want to know, like, I want to, I never want to forget why we're doing this. Like, does the story we're telling actually change people's, you know, idea about life or about business or about what they're doing? Can we change people, culture, and industry through our through our stories? And yeah, we all kind of carried that, you know, and. And that birthed another company, which was we started drones. Back in the day, they weren't even called drones. They were called multi-rotors. And we started flying multi-rotors. I mean, this is like I mean, the guys here in the office. Like we, we, we started it from nothing, you know, back before they were all manual. There's no GPS, no automation. And we launched a company for agriculture technology to fly drones in fields. And then we launched a, a film side of things. And then we launched a gimbal business. Then we launched the cable camp side of things. And it just, but all of that came from that same group of people that had those same qualities that were driven and it was, you know, that's the success in the story is for any entrepreneur is to really surround yourself around people that just completely can push you in the right direction and motivate you because there's those massive ups and those massive downs. Oh, you yeah. find ways to level them out. So very true. So very true. So going back a little bit to the beginning uh, when we first started the company and it was this little bitty office and we're in a small town, what was some of the first steps that you took on finding local clients? Because I remember one of our first big clients for us in that moment was the bank. Um, that, that was one of our best clients and one of our biggest clients then. And now looking back, it was like, wow, that was so little, but <laughs> it seems so Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so I think, it, I think it always comes to faces too, because, you know, for, for people that are starting any, and it, it didn't even have to be a creative business. I mean, you could, you know, do knitting you know yeah. as a startup you know and, and, and I, I think it's just we saw it in phases so i was like okay what can i do right now that can generate revenue that puts food on my table that buys the next thing to go do the next thing right mm -hmm. the progressive we call them bake sales back in the day because it's like yeah we're not super proud of it but it generates revenue to go yeah. do the, the the passion work and so, yeah, we picked up jobs that we, we could. I'm not saying we weren't passionate about it. It's just like, you know, you just got whatever you can. But there was a day that I remember we saw sitting in the office. We got everybody together. It's like, okay, time out. We've been doing big sales. Day. Yeah. I was like, we've been doing big sales for a long time. We got the gear. We got everything we want to do. But now we've, we've got ourselves into this cycle of doing these smaller jobs. And we're not thinking big enough. It really closed our mindset. And I said, we're going to think we're going to say companies that come to mind that we really want to do work for. We're going to print the logos off. We're going to stick them on the wall and we're going to make that our, our wish list. Our wish list. And I so remember on the day, <laughs> uh, name a company you remember. I remember there Cessna was one of them. Cessna aircraft. Yeah. Case IH was one of them. I want to say there was a zoo on the list. Am I crazy? Was there a zoo on the list? I, I, I don't remember all of them. Those are the those are the two big ones that I that I you know wanted to wanted to pursue just because of the background and kind of yeah. some of the things that are going on. I mean there was yeah there was quite a few, but fast forwarding, you know, we basically had those on the wall, and lo and behold, because I it's weird because I think when you have the right, not to sound all, whatever, yes. but like when you put the right energy and the right people with the right, it just starts attracting. You know, we we had these logos on the walls, and guess what? My phone rings. 
of our good friend, you know, Boyd Vansel, mm -hmm. a small town, who grew up in the same thing, grew up in agriculture. He's like, man, I got the shoot coming up, whatever, you know, Case H is coming down, and boom, there's our opportunity. Open door just happened, and we ran through it. Hardly any budget. It actually rained on the shoot. So this was, so imagine, and, and put yourself in these shoes, like this was our first opportunity to really do what we said we were gonna do, but there's really no budget. I gotta drive four hours, three or four hours, it rains on the shoot, so we basically had a cannon. And I said, no, time out. I realize it's raining. We got this brand new piece of equipment. Let's talk about how well it, it works in the rain. And Boyd's like totally supportive, you know, and he's, he's set the whole thing up and hustled this whole thing. So we're out in the rain shooting and actually we turn it on its head and actually make it a positive. And, uh -huh. you know, I ended up getting my truck stuck and just, it was muddy and, and just absolute chaos. And we get back and I get a call from corporate saying, hey, you guys shot this, this video, like, man, you guys, at least kind of save the day because we have this content that we can use for the show coming up and we don't have anything that gave us the opportunity to bid on the whole next year's projects mm -hmm. fast forward almost nine years to this day we're still doing that contract and i think that just goes back to say that like relationships 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 if you don't manage that you don't have anything and i think that those relationships back in the early days you know and those opportunities to just say look we took a bad situation turned it into an opportunity did it, but also managed that for nine years to continue that. And that's, you know, there's so many ingredients in that from just casting vision, say what you're going to go do. Yes, hustle it, but also, you know, cater that and manage that and protect yeah. that for so, so, for so long. So, I mean, there's a lot to that, but that's, yeah, no, those were. That's one of my favorite stories of, when people tell me, ask me about working with Relentless. And I, I just, I remember that day so very clearly because it was just like, we'd say some, some business and it was like, it was bigger than what we were going after, but you were like, Nope, bigger, bigger, just yeah. keep going bigger and bigger. And we're like, are you crazy? Like we're this yeah. little agency who, who are we, who are we to pitch this big, big, you know, corporation? Yeah. And you're like if we're going for it. And I'm like, well, and, and back then we had, we had quotes on our walls from people we admired from, you know, architects Steve and Jobs. designers and Steve Jobs had a quote on our wall that says, don't, be a yard, it says be a yardstick of quality uh, people aren't used to an environment where, where excellence is expected uh -huh. that was almost exactly nine years ago we fast forward and we're able to, to work directly with that team to, to build customized product for the steve jobs theater and it's just like absolutely mind-boggling to think in that short amount of time we went from cornfield apple <laughs> product launch you know and I'm not, I mean, totally humble because it, it kicked my rear end. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And so much work went into building. So I didn't, you know, we're, we're now building customized products for, for, for films all over the world. But those early days of, of, of finding those ingredients is what got us there. And I think a lot of times people see the success stories and they're thinking, that's what I want. I want to be like that. I want to get there. But they you never really see the progress and the hustle to, to get there. Uh, and I could write a book on all the, oh. those valleys, you know, but those valleys are where you're, that's where you're made. That's yeah. Yeah. Really People good. ask me all the time, like Drew's got the coolest, coolest. He travels the world and he does all these things. And I'm like, that's great. Do you know the last time he actually slept in his own bed? And can I tell you about the time he did his laundry in the bathroom sink of a hotel or, you know, and they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, you don't see any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. We, we, sh we shoot a, a downhill mountain biking event in Whistler, Canada for Red Bull for, for Joyride. I jump on a, I, I literally drive through the night, get the airport in the morning, fly to New York, get off the plane, go into, we're shooting the MTV VMA Awards in Madison Square Garden, 
go into my hotel room, throw my laundry in the sink, go buy detergent downstairs, do my laundry, hang it up dry, go to work, come back just so I can have clean clothes. And like, and it's not always like that. I mean, no. you know, and I, 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 I enjoy that, you know, but having a family is a whole nother topic. No, it is. You know, unbalancing. I've got two young ones now, so it's, uh, it's definitely changed a lot, you know, but yeah. Yeah. There's, people, but there's, there's, people never see that side of things. They just see the, the, the storybook ending, you know, and they don't see all the stuff that goes into it and all the blood, sweat, tears and yeah, everything else. Yeah. Oh, yep. so, so talk about a little bit about when we took the relentless team, you know, we were, Oh my gosh, there was probably three or four of us in the popper bluff office. And then we moved up to the next town, the next bigger town. And then, Grew it a couple of times from there and then ended up in Phoenix. So we go from small yeah. town Missouri to big city Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, um, yeah. So, so basically we, you know, we had a growth mindset and that's not always a good thing, but always wanting to, to, to grow and, and push things. And I think, yeah, the next town was, was, uh, was a small town in Missouri called Jackson, Missouri. And um, yeah, I had some, had some good friends there. Um, we ended up, moving there, getting, getting help on a, on an office space. And, and again, same, same type of thing. When you put the right, you know, mindset and vision towards something. I love the phrase, uh, the world steps aside for the man who knows where he's going. And that's the you know, truth. I, 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 I love that because it's like, we basically moved there, had no agenda, no ability, really no money, just vision and drive. I mean, Haley and I actually moved there. Uh -huh. you know, rent rent a house you manage the the other office we move there we're literally unboxing all of our stuff and this guy comes jogging down the street and thinks oh look at these guys and he just walks in all sweaty you know and he's like hey i just i was like i just wanted to get some water do you guys got any water and we're like uh i don't think so I, we're just moved here he goes oh what do you do i was like oh we're a film and digital media company he goes no way i was like what do you do he goes i just graduated from full cell university a film major the school no, that you the wanted to go in to. the country yeah i'm just like wait what in a small town how does that happen how is that even possible in a small town like that some the fact that no one even came in that door because we just opened and this guy just randomly jogged in fast forward like six seven years i mean the guy's been with us uh, for a long time he's, he's no longer with us you know him and his wife had moved on amazing couples doing amazing work but he literally helped launch the entire business into a definitely a more professional realm of production and post-production because that's what he was trained on and and it's just insane like how those opportunities just kind of i don't say fall in your lap because they don't falling in your lap means you're sitting and things yeah, just fall on anything, you and yeah. you're like oh well, no we were we physically got off our rear ends moved rented a place opened up the box and the door literally was opened yeah you know, literally so you know, and I think, I think that just, you know, it's, and it's not luck. And I, I, I think it's, it's, it's just, I love that side of the story. So for fast forwarding to Phoenix, we grew a team there. We, we did a lot of design work at the time, a lot in the web. Um, we, we were doing mostly production, but fast forwarding, we basically moved to uh, the Phoenix because we started doing a lot of work out there and absolutely fell in love with well, the weather, the people and everything. Yeah. And Haley and I, my wife, we just basically said, you know what? we're going and we came back. I remember we came into the office one day in, in Jackson at Cape at the time and I, I just said hey we're moving and you're in charge you guys call us if you need us we're out of here we packed up the car and we literally moved 
Yeah. Again, no money, no place to live. We stayed in the lady's house we met on Craigslist, went and found office space, and boom, fast forward another, so I've been here seven years, and almost the entire office literally moved out here. I started to say, but what's crazy is that the whole team packed up within one to three years and followed you out there. It was like, no, I want to live there too. <laughs> Everyone yeah. but me, yeah. I stayed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, probably smart. Family. But, yeah, well, yeah. Both I ways. don't miss mosquitoes though. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame you. I'm, I'm, I'm a little jealous of your weather right now though, because it's been cold here. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, it's nice and hot so uh, anyway so, that's that's there's a lot more to it but yeah yeah so that that's the story to get us to phoenix and then uh once you were in phoenix you were running the company you were doing great amazing things i mean winning addy awards those kind of things but then you started the defy product side of the business so it's you were filming things but you're also creating things for filmmakers so how did that all start well, this goes back to your original question about why, why, why the entrepreneur. I, I, it's because we're always trying to problem solve. We were out in cornfields shooting with drones back before they were even drones and back before they were even a thing. You know, we were putting cameras on homemade like helicopters, literally. I mean, that thing. <laughs> that is a four and a half foot helicopter. It's in my ceiling because it's in the museum of things we put cameras on to fly. I mean, yeah. it's to remind us of our, of our history and our past. So um yeah it goes back to problem solving and we decided that you know we we found the, the technology we assembled this team we started building gimbals to stabilize our shots we took it to a trade show people saw it fell in love with it how do we buy it and oh my gosh the first year we didn't have a company we just basically called it the relentless gimbal because we didn't have a name and the emails started flooding in and we realized we got to start a company called it defy Sold, sold Gimbal and sold a million dollars of product in our first year. And again, sounds amazing. It was terrible. It was because crazy. You're starting a company that you never really intended to, to go. And that, not, that, not that we didn't intend it. It's just that we didn't expect it to happen that fast. You had a scale from zero to a hundred in a week. And yeah. we did. Well, didn't we, we didn't got, you land in a magazine after that NAB show? It was like you were blog. Yeah. We were yeah. in a blog and it just took off. Yeah. And, I mean, and we, our whole goal was to just solve problems and, and develop products for other filmmakers, and that, that kept going. So then we bought CNC machines, we started making our own machinery, we hired a CNC uh, machinist, we got a designer, we got an assembler, and then that's when it grew to 22 people within just a few months. And we fully assembled, manufactured, designed. Uh, we did all our own campaigns, all our own videos. We were traveling. We had, you know, The Voice picked it up and did their behind the scenes on The Voice, and we were on like all these all these, you know, live TV shows. It just, yeah, it took off. And a buddy of mine, Jason Monroe, came in. We did Baja 1000, hanging out of a Baja truck for, for two days, shooting, you know, and, and that launched a whole nother realm of, 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 of product. And it just kept going, you know, and it just was, was, was crazy, wild ride. And that lasted like three or four years until we pivoted and we had to get our act together and really, you know, you're, you're forming a really large global business whether you want to or not it's happening and you really have to change from just being an entrepreneur launching an idea to actually now that now we're talking about transition between idea starting a business to running a multi-million dollar business and actually those are night and day different yeah they are and i think that's the creator and the integrator are the two pieces of that puzzle that without it you, you, you don't live you don't live very long 
um, the creator is not all things. And I think the sooner you realize that, the better you are. Uh, it took me a very long time. Yeah, it's a, it's a process for all of us. I think no matter what we're going yeah. through in life, it's just the process. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. 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 I love it. So yeah. of all of the, the stuff that you've done over the last several years, what has been your most favorite things that you were doing in the business? Um, with, with all of it, uh, combined, yeah, all of it. Uh, well, I, I think the favorite thing is building custom solutions for crazy problems. Uh, we, we, you know, we took a two, 300 pound, $1 million camera system over a ocean in Hawaii for a VR project. We got in a helicopter flew to some remote part of island in Hawaii and stretched this cable cam solution out to get this VR project. Um, you know, customized solutions to move cameras in the most expensive theaters in the world. Wink, wink. Um, we were able to fly a 200-pound camera system for a Supercross event recently, you know, with some of these guys here. And, yeah, it just goes on and on. I mean, those projects, those really cool projects, that's, that's, that, that's fun, you know. And you're just – it's insanely stressful, too. Oh, my gosh. We built a system to fly a cable cam over Leonard Skinner during one of their big concerts. Yeah, you know, in Hawaii as well, and all these like, crazy. Just don't fall on their head. Don't fall on their head. <laughs> oh man, there's yeah, we've yeah, we we build we build some incredible systems that are insanely safe, and 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 the engineering that goes into to, to the systems, and our, our partners in the UK. So we we kind of the fourth phase of that is the UK office, which is really the brains of the operation for the engineering and the design side of the business is, has been a, has been our lifeblood. You know, where we're more the brand sales marketing and out in the field where they are more engineering and design and and uh and those two hands working working together is really what's 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 made us um grow really quickly and so we have an incredible team there with andrew and Lindsay and and, mm -hmm. and the uk team and they're doing a lot of really cool products so this whole story is just kind of evolving i feel like by the month i wish i could tell you all the things we have up our sleeve right now that are just sitting a few feet from me that are absolutely insane. So we work primarily in the broadcast and the film industry, whereas Relentless from the old stories, I mean, it's still up and going. We don't service many clients because we've put a lot of energy and time into the, into the product side because that's a personal passion of mine, but we still service Case IH, some of those service companies. So that's been really fun. But um, it's hard to answer what's most enjoyable, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. So is there any piece of advice that you could give somebody that's wanting to start their own agency or their own business, regardless of what that is, anything that you can give them to help them along the journey? Yes. Uh, there's a, there's a lot you can give. And I think it's just picking out, it depends on what they want to do and where they want, where they want to go with it. But I think it's true for all people is like, I think the number one thing is, is the why, you know, um, they, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that without the why, you don't have that true north. And I think your own personal compass is a thing that keeps you driven when you don't feel like it. Because the thing is, you're going to be excited right now about your idea. You're going to get up in the morning. You're going to hustle that thing. But there will come a day, I promise you, that either slows down or it goes away because of the hardships you face on a, on a business idea. And so then what? What yeah. fuel do you have left in your tank? And, and that, true, that true north is that compass of, why you're doing what you're doing is the one thing that will keep you grounded and keep you energized when those times comes. And amazing as my, you know, some of these stories I'm telling you are, they're also the scariest time of my life. They're also the darkest times of my life. 
they're also the most challenging financially that I've ever been in. So as exciting as they are, I could also tell you the other side of things. And, and so with any ideas, you're, you're starting a knitting company in Northern Iowa. It's the same thing. And I think having that, uh, you know, having that true North is probably the most important thing. And it's not always easy too to say to somebody like, know what you want to do, know where you want to go. It's, it's, you know, it's not just about finding your passion and doing that. I think it's much, much deeper than that. And that's a process and that's a journey. And I think for me, I've had to have help. I've had to ask for help in finding what that is and making sure I'm always reminding myself what it is that I do. I truly want to solve problems or am I trying to just generate more revenue for myself? Am I trying to build my own kingdom or am I really trying to help other people? Mm -hmm. And you have to keep yourself in track and be willing to correct. You know, I think the other side of that is like get checked and correct. So when you check yourself, how do you do that? Do you have like trusted advisors and trusted people in your corner that you turn to? Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, and I think that it, sometimes, you know, that circle is very small, by the way. Um, you know, people that you can, you can actually get truth from and be willing to turn and make shifts and changes, even though you might disagree or think it's hard. And I think take everything with a filter. You know, I'm not one to say, take the advice. Yeah, that's it. let's just go run with it. If it's something I'm doing wrong, but it's like, okay let me, let me think on that for a while and I, I i i'm like yeah you know what you got a point let's 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 evaluate that let's run that through the, through the process i need to do some changing and i did i went through a lot of it even recently and that's what's just not only helped me and like saved me so to speak from 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 going down the wrong path but it's more so of like really redirecting why i'm doing what i'm doing and making sure mm-hmm. i can take all that original passion and and drive and make sure it stays focused and it doesn't just get scattered because creative people are like oh this is amazing and then i wake up tomorrow and like actually this is amazing that needs to stop okay actually no that's dead there's new things where i really want to spend my time and that is just you know do that for five years and i'll tell you what your future might look like yep i did it i was like i say i think you just describe yourself like in the last three years that i worked with you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. All the different companies and all the different things. So how did you find your trusted advisors? I mean, are you talking to other business owners? I mean, how did you come across the people that you just? Yeah, that takes time. That takes time. I mean, it's, and it's not always your best friend. It's not always somebody that, you know, it's somebody that can really speak that truth into you and help guide and direct and shape, shape what you're doing, where you're going and understanding that and spending time with you. So yeah, it it could be a, it could it could be very well be your best friend. It could be a, a parent. It could be a friend, coworker. You know, I think it's just people that are willing to actually invest in you and help help guide and direct you. So, so very true. So very true. All right. Yeah. Well, Drew, thanks for being on the podcast. It feels a little yeah. weird interviewing my brother, but I guess I could right, well. ask one more question. That's gonna be the hard one. What's the best advice about working with family? Oh, don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it, it actually, so I worked with my wife most of my career and I always tell, and I jokingly say this, she knows it's like the first year was the hardest because that is something you got to learn. And it's, it's being able to separate, not maybe not separate, but being able to know how to create spaces for both. For mm-hmm. us, for, for my wife and I specifically, it's like, you've got to go home and have that life. Mm-hmm. And I think for you and I, like working with family, like, we could be brother and sister, but we could also like work together because we took, it took a while, but finding that line. So, yeah. you know, you, you know how to navigate that. And I think it's just being able to be open and, and, and being able to open to, 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 
and I, I wasn't good at this in the early days, but being able to open to criticism and talking through things that don't work and, and, and communicating when there's an issue versus bottling it up. You do that, and that's the worst thing you do when you're working with families because if you don't talk about it, it becomes an issue personally, and that's deadly. Yep. So learning to communicate, learning to discuss things before they become issues is huge. And I'm saying that now because I didn't do it then. Yeah. Not that there was issues. There was never issues. <laughs> but, it, but issues around, you know, work. And I, I, you know, I think that's where it gets tricky. So with other people, you know, you go home, you can just shut it off for the day. Yeah. But when it's family, you don't get that option. So no. um, you just got to be willing to, to take, go the extra mile and communicate it. Yeah, I always said it was always like wearing a different hat. Like, which hat did I have on? My employee hat or my sister hat? It was like, which one we, which one we doing today? <laughs> it just you have to keep spinning, you know. Yeah, just spin it around. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. It was fun. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got it. All right, guys. We'll see you later. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.